Oh yeah, you're remembering to retweet the stuff. <laughs> Whatever, it's good. Uh, hey y'all, this is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Today, uh, first of all, we're actually going to be joined by Terry uh, again here to talk about some uh, bullshit reporting uh, once again from the LA Times because this is a thing that keeps happening over and over. Uh, we're going to be talking. Yeah, sh shocking, I know. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, coronavirus, as always. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, some protests that have been happening in front of the mayor's house literally every day uh, in the morning for the past week and running, and we'll be going again tomorrow uh, and for the foreseeable future. Um, some crazy action that was going on down in El Sereno, along with a bit of a uh, community update for that one that everyone should be made aware of. Uh, some wild shit from Jackie Lacey's bodyguards. Some cops being completely out of control with the sheriff's department uh, relating to the Andres Guardado case. Uh, some updates from today, honestly. Uh, and then we're going to be closing out talking about some reporting on the Bridge Home story that came out from uh, Ben Oreskes and Doug Smith at the LA Times last week, uh, as well as a quick note on a couple of other developing stories and uh, some uh, just a friendly reminder that the local media hellscape that is Los Angeles does include the Los Feliz Ledger, and they got some bullshit going on. Uh, but we'll talk about that yeah. later. First things first, how's everything going for you, Bushido? I plead the fifth. <laughs> that was a good time to cut the music, actually. That was perfect. Uh, but no, I mean, like in all music is almost cut, but yes. <laughs> but uh, in in all seriousness, um, I'm I'm on quarantine for a little bit due to some secondary exposure to COVID. Uh, for anyone who was out in El Sereno, which is a lot of people, uh, there are a couple of organizers who have tested positive for COVID. If you were out there, even if you were just in the crowd outside and you weren't hanging out at the cafe with a lot of people, just be extra safe. Uh, go get yourself a test, quarantine for five days. I would say longer than that. Like you want two tests, you want one at five days, you want one at 14 days, and you want to wait to leave quarantine until both of those tests come back negative. If one of those tests pops positive, you'll need to get another another test a couple days later if you're not showing symptoms to figure out whether or not you're actually like COVID positive. But remember, like 30% of people who have COVID have no symptoms. So be careful. We don't want this stuff spreading through our community, through any community. It is killing people. It is super, super dangerous. And like as careful as we try and be and as safe as you can be at an outdoor protest, there are no guarantees. Like COVID is a living thing. It evolves. It adapts. It's figuring out better ways to live inside the human body. And it's going to be a danger for a while. We don't, we're not going to have a vaccine for a bit. So uh, just kind of a friendly reminder, be careful out there, wash your hands, wear a mask, all of that fun stuff. Um, but how about yourself, Chris? How are you doing? Uh, I am also uh, self-isolating. I've been basically quarantining myself for the past uh, week due to potential exposure as well. Um, I'm being, it's an abundance of caution in, in, in my situation, yeah. but that's all good. Uh, you know, just trying to do what I can to support what uh, is going on with as many retweets as possible surrounding the uh, Garcettiville protest, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah. It's slack to us. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, there, there's been a lot going on. So um, it, it's, let's get to, uh, uh, everyone's, it's... Uh, let's get to everyone's favorite virus then yeah. without, uh, without further ado. <sighs> yeah. Um, about that. So um, oh, bad. This, this is, it's fucking really bad. Um, hi, Gina, by the way. Welcome to the conversation. Yes. Hello. Uh, it is a it is a big bummer that people are, are popping positive uh, COVID tests from within the protest community. Uh, everyone needs to stay as safe as possible. 
please make sure that you're practicing distancing when you're out there. Uh, first things first, I want to actually, before we talk about this, you can look at this terrifying graph uh, and then realize that it's actually probably not as terrifying as it should be because yeah. there are a few things going on. Uh, first things first, uh, there was no testing on Thursday last week. Um, basically, nobody was able to get tested on Thanksgiving because all of the testing sites were closed down. Uh, testing reporting on Sunday uh, is routinely low, and those are the the quote unquote yesterday stats uh, that I then you know I mentioned a, a yesterday stat pr basically every time that we've done this for the last <laughs> 25, 30 weeks at this point it feels like Jesus Christ yeah um, so yeah uh, we also don't know how bad these undercounts are we know that because it was a holiday weekend there were a bunch of delays relating to. Um, the shipping of the tests to and from the testing uh, facilities and the testing sites, uh, right? The laboratory facilities and the testing sites, like it's wild. But these numbers that I'm about to go through are actually better than what we're dealing with in terms of the reality of the situation on the ground. So keep that in mind that shit is super fucked up. And uh, please, 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 please be safe with everyone, uh, not just your family and friends, but everyone around you. This is a group situation. We're all in this together, whether we like it or not, so buck up. Uh, as of this recording, we are at 1,217,795 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. That is a staggering yeah. 112,773 new cases since we last recorded eight days ago. We've also had... 10,542 new cases confirmed yesterday. Uh, last week, we did have a spike of more than 20,000 cases in a single day, which is fucking insane. Um, we have had 19,000... Uh, click on the right thing. We've had 19,177 deaths in the state due to the virus. 19 of those came yesterday. Again, we're facing a reporting uh, shortage here. The routinely we were cresting over 100 deaths in the state of California last week on a daily basis, averaging in the seven day average uh, around the 60 to 75 uh, people passing away due to the virus. So uh, that 19 that was reported yesterday is very much a low number uh, here in Los Angeles County. Uh, things are very bleak. 395,879 confirmed cases of COVID-19 as of this recording with 4,654 new cases yesterday, 33,855 since we last recorded eight days ago. Um, and we are up to 7,639 deaths in the county due to the virus, 16 of them yesterday. But the total counting, the total case, so that's the deaths is this spike that we're seeing starting to come up. Uh, which is expected, but the cumulative cases by day, I think this is a very interesting thing to look at because we were talking about this. Um, I, I forget when we were talking about this, uh, Bushido, but we, we had this in one of our conversations that we were going through where uh, mm -hmm. the, the asymptotes are not looking good on this graph. No, uh, the, we, the, we, we're, we flattened the curve <laughs> this way, not this way. We're still struggling with this. It's getting really bad. So this is the the cumulative total uh, really does point out how bad that is. But this is this is the really f terrifying number for me um, is that when you look at uh, this graph here showing the new cases by day and this massive spike that we've had in the last couple of weeks, and then you look at what is going on with our available ICU beds in the county, 
Um, and also just looking at the, the, the overall hospitalization. But the, the ICU beds, we're down to 603. So this is the same as it was not too long ago, but you can see that that is week by week, it is just ticking further and further down. When we hit zero, things get really fucking bad. Um, and judging by this graph, which shows overall hospitalization, not just the intensive care unit situation, it really shows you just how dire the situation is. And I mean, it's going to get much worse. Like if you, if you look at this graph closely, you can see the two lines tend to trend together, but there is a little bit of like a one week ish gap between when people tend to be admitted and when the ICU beds tend to spike, uh, correlating between the two of them um with the number of people who have been admitted to the to the hospital for COVID-19 over the last few weeks here in LA County uh I'm really worried about what's going to happen to our ICU beds and, and that we're going to run out very very soon it could be this week that we run out um entirely possible so yeah it's it's fucking terrible uh LA County has once again crested back into the top 10 when it comes to the number of cases per 100,000 uh, population here in the state of California, that is a truly uh, terrifying state for us to be in. This was, we were at the top uh, for a very long while, but the, until the rural counties got hit. Um, but now we are right back into that, that league. And a uh, fun note for everyone uh, in LA who is going out and getting themselves tested, and we're looking at something like almost was it 6.9% positivity rate uh, of tests that we're getting in the county, which is terrifying. But if anybody had signed up to go get tested at Union Station this week, uh, they just canceled all of their yep. December 1st appointments at Union Station for a fucking film shoot with less than 24 hours notice. I mean, I, look, Chris, like, lives are important, but people like Steve Mnuchin invested good money into the production of these movies and they need to get a return on their investment. And the rest of us just have to, you know, deal with that and possibly die. It's all very sensible, reasonable stuff. We need to be paying people to stay home and not fucking work because if we don't fix this situation, we are going to be just utterly fucked. So before just like yeah. dwelling on this forever and making my head explode, let's look at the graph or not the graph, but the maps because the maps are also terrifying and yeah, so this is the, the, the map from, I think, three weeks ago. And so you can see as it gets darker and darker um, until, yeah, this is this is this week's map. Uh, it is. It's yeah, that's bad. bad. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, there's also the, the federal, like there's the, the map of the, the U.S. Uh, where they were showing, you know, some of the states seem to have things under control, and then literally every single state at this point is now just completely uncontrolled infection spread. So we're fucked with this plague, and it's not getting any better for the foreseeable future, uh, and that's super shitty. So um, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay the fuck inside if you at all can, please, for the good of everybody. Just don't, just, just don't. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to say at this point. Just don't. Well, and the, the other thing I'm going to, I'll kind of flag on here is if you or somebody, you know, is experiencing symptoms of COVID, uh, you know, self-isolate as best you can. We can't all do that. There is COVID safe housing available from the, from Los Angeles County. It is very restricted, but I am going to put the link in the description if you need safe housing. Um, but there's a huge, huge demand for it. If you experience symptoms like a suddenly high fever, 
um, like over 104 degrees. Labored breathing, i.e. it hurts or it's really hard for you to take full breaths. Your heart rate spikes suddenly. You have severe nausea or dizziness. Get yourself to an ER or talk to your doctor immediately. Like these can be life-threatening symptoms. COVID was originally seen as a, a respiratory illness. It is not a respiratory illness. It is a pulmonary illness. It affects basically everything in your thoracic cavity, your heart, your lungs, your other organs. We don't have a full idea of what the virus does, what its lingering effects are going to be. Better to be safe than sorry. And I know hospital bills in this country are expensive. It is just dumb as hell. But please, please, please do not lose your life or allow a loved one to lose their life because they're afraid of getting hit by a big ER bill or a big doctor's bill. Like money is just a thing we made up. Yep. Your life, we cannot get it back for you. Please be safe. Do what you can to get people what they need palliatively. But if somebody needs to see a doctor, they need to see a doctor. And don't be afraid to make that call. Yep. Thank you. It's uh, almost like you're learning how to be an EMT. And uh, I am. My, my final's next Friday. And then it's going to be like fucking crazy, man. I am looking yeah. forward to it, though. Um, if anyone out there is interested in making a career hop, because like it was for me mutual aid and taking care of my mother while she went through the end of her life fighting pancreatic cancer, like looking at the world ahead, you know, climate chaos is is here. Uh, the eviction the eviction epidemic is coming. Uh, the people who are in charge of this country on either side of the aisle don't give a fuck. Like, we have to keep us safe. And if you want to do that, you want to make that career leap, it's not as scary as you think. There is a lot of need out there for healthcare workers, for social workers. Like, I'm tired of working for big, shitty corporations. So I'm going to go do something in a field that's still dominated by big, shitty corporations, but is probably going to let me yeah. do more good than bad because, like, I just can't keep waking up and caring what the car Jenners are up to. It just, it just does not matter. Now, speaking of other famous neighbors in the city of Los Angeles, let's talk about everyone's favorite neighbor, Sven the Cat. <laughs> The next mayor of Los Angeles. And then we're going to pull in Terry and talk a little bit about uh, why Sven has become so popular. Wonderful. Here we go. Beautiful chonky boy. Now, some of you had seen the, who had seen the video on Twitter most likely probably noticed that like 
that wasn't the song. And for DMCA reasons, we can't actually use the original song Seven Nation Army um, by the White Stripes uh, because they will like strike our audio and get mad at us because the DMCA is just fucking dumb as hell. So I had to find a YouTube remix that just used only animal sounds. And frankly, it's a banger. It slaps. Terry, how are you doing? Not doing too bad, actually. I mean, all things considered, I got my, my Christmas uh, coffee mug going. Yeah. Rocking the full Pelosi with the stainless steel fridge. <laughs> yeah. And I, ice cream, I hope. Yep. And I'm all prepared with, uh, all right, where's my camera? Anyway, the plague by Camus. So yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a little little too on the nose, but, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's Whatever. We'll spirit. take it. We'll take it. Uh, I'm glad to see that you're not in a white void anymore. Uh, we, we, we're not. We don't. We don't like having to have a situation where you are presented as the de facto hostage. Uh, so thrilled to have you on and being yeah. able to list you as a media critic instead of de facto hostage. Yeah, this week. yeah. It was it was terrifying up there, and and it's also really far away from the the Wi-Fi router. So yeah, I, yeah. It's real slow. <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, so the Garcettiville protests have been going on for a while. Sven has has gained quite a bit of fame uh, as just this big orange tabby that comes out to say hello to the protest crowds. Chillest cat I've ever met. Like, just wants to get right in the middle of everything, get the belly scritches, does not get scared off by dogs. Uh, we've got a couple of possibly monarchist corgis that come by and a big pit bull, and <laughs> Sven just does not care. So we know when Sven runs in 2022, he's not going to be afraid of of anybody else that's in the race. He's he's sized up LAPD's fleshy bits. He knows how to go for them. But Chris, let's talk a little bit about why the Garcettiville protests are going on and why we are trying to block Garcetti. Yeah, so today was actually the seventh straight day of protests out front of Mayor Eric Garcetti's mansion, which is also known as the Getty House. Uh, fun fact, the reason why it's called the Getty House is because it was built by uh, members of the Getty family. Uh, the, I believe it was J. Paul Getty. Uh, same yep. Getty... Uh, of um, you know the Getty Museum and the Getty Villa, uh, all of that stuff, all from the same oil money. So, yeah. yeah. And this is my favorite Getty story: is his grandson was kidnapped, and so he was asked to pay like a four million dollar ransom, yep. and his son talked him into paying it, but he made his son pay him back like two and a half million dollars because the largest tax write-off he could take was two and a half, or was like a million and a half dollars, and he demanded that his own <laughs> flesh and blood son pay him back the money so that his grandson could live. And this dude, is. we have Ugh. so many things across the city named after this dude because the cruelty is the point, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well you know, if, you, if your house has a name, uh, <laughs> your, your asking price goes up like 10 to 15%. I mean, I think that's actually been studied. Yeah. I think I you're mean, right I, there. I, I don't think that they uh, there's any plans to sell this house in the near future because it actually does belong to the people of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, it is where we house our mayor, um, but we are definitely not allowed to be anywhere the fuck near it uh, when we're protesting. It's actually just insane watching the the um, the the tweets coming out of these protests in the mornings and hearing what it is that's going on in terms of the the escalating rhetoric and new rules that are being imposed upon the protesters by LAPD because they just they're doing everything that they can to make sure that uh, you know freedom of speech here in the city of Los Angeles is as restricted as possible when it comes to targeting everybody's favorite boy uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti um, but yeah, so yeah, today no, they, was... they've, they've literally just, sorry, I'm going to go off on this for a yeah. second, but they literally just are making shit up day after day <laughs> yeah. because 
we're not morons. We can adapt to orders, right? So when they say no amplified sound, they mean no electrically amplified sound. So we bring instruments like drums and stuff. And then they're like, we're going to cite you for nonverbal noise, which is not a thing that exists on the book in the state of California. Um, what we, we do have to do is we have to turn it into a picket because we're not allowed to just stand on the sidewalk. We have to be moving in front of these gigantic houses, many of which are completely unoccupied. Like there's nobody in the houses. Um, so there's no reason we can't be standing there. Uh, other things that they've come up with is that we can't have a targeted protest um, and we can't target a specific residence. Also not illegal in the state of California and absolutely against the first amendment. All protests have a target. That's how protests work, LAPD. Like we're not just getting together to say like, what do you have, whatever it is, we're against it. Like. <laughs> We're trying to achieve a political end by targeting a specific politician who's yep. paid for by our tax dollars in a house that we pay for that he doesn't even live at. Like Garcetti has multiple properties around the city of L.A. He is very rarely in Getty House. Like most of the time, he's off in some other big fuck off mansion. Yep. It's a thing. Um, but yeah, so today, uh, BLM and their allied organizations, which includes Ground Game Los Angeles, as well as K-Town for All and a number of our friends and family out there held a press conference at the start of the protest to lay out what the demands are. But really what it comes down to here is that the core of all of these demands center around the fact that the mayor of LA has been, uh, his names, his name has been circulating amongst the insiders within the DC establishment uh, for a, a cabinet position. And this is something that we've known and talked about for a long time here because there was really no other reason for Garcetti to throw his weight behind the Biden bid as early as he did. Uh, it definitely did not look like it was the sure thing uh, at the start of the campaign season. Biden looked like absolute dog shit. Uh, we should have realized I mean, early he, on. He still does. He still does. But now he's the president elect. Uh, so he's the president elect sack of dog shit. Um, yeah. Only good people get elected president, right? <laughs> Well, so we should have had some inkling of the fact that uh, the game was uh, was, was going to be a little bit rigged here uh, with that now infamous, um, at least from the left, uh, you know, the the, the midnight uh, massacre when it came to uh, Obama making the phone calls around on Super Tuesday, uh, basically convincing everyone uh, who was on the Democratic ticket to uh, get the fuck out of the race and lend their support behind Joe Biden because... Bernie could not be allowed to win, and Bernie would have fucking won anyway, just saying. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the whole point here is that uh, Garcetti getting a cabinet position would be fucking terrible for the rest of the country. We as Los Angeles need to take one for the team and keep his pathetic ass here in Los Angeles, where his incompetence is limited to the 4 million people in the city of Los Angeles in terms of the most direct impact, rather than inflicting his incompetence upon the rest of the nation. Uh, he's been considered, uh, rumored to have been considered for a secretary of either transportation or HUD. Terrible, terrible candidate for either of those positions. HUD, look at the fucking track record for Eric Garcetti in the city of Los Angeles when it comes to dealing with homelessness over his tenure. He has presided, before he became mayor, he was the president of the city council. During the time that he has been in elected office here in the city of Los Angeles, homelessness has just fucking exploded. It is an, an absolute apocalypse when it comes to our the, the city's ability to handle the skyrocketing rents the massive pressure on the working class here in the city of Los Angeles. We've seen huge displacement. Like the number of Latino people who are living in law in Hollywood has just been decimated because 
uh, Mitchell Farrell is a gentrifying sack of shit. And, you know, Garcetti has uh, aided and abetted that in every possible way during his time in office. And then you see, like, the number of, of black people and Hispanic people that have been, like, been forced out of the city due to the gentrification process is incredible. And the number of people, like, who aren't able to then leave the city but are uh, forced out of their homes, that's how we end up with so many people living on the streets here. So... Putting him in charge of HUD would be terrible. This is housing and urban development. Putting him in charge of transportation. Look at the fucking tracker that this punk has when it comes to Metro. He's been the president of the Metro board for the last, I don't know how many years. During his time, he has overseen multiple busing cuts. Something like 20% cuts to the busing services twice in just the last like two, three years. And it's just like, I love the investment in heavy rail. We need more investment in heavy rail. But to look at the city of Los Angeles and say heavy rail is the only solution. We're going to cut back on busing in order to subsidize heavy rail and light rail expansion. And it's just like, what the fuck are you on about? We gutted. There's an entire goddamn movie about gutting the heavy rail system in Los Angeles. Everyone should go fucking watch it. It's got cartoons in it. Who framed Roger? Yeah. It's, uh, who framed Roger? Yeah. One of my it's so good. As a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, everyone well, should, not- everyone who lives in Los Angeles should watch it. And it's not just gutting the the rail system, but as yeah. they're rebuilding it back, where are they building? And it's like USC to UCLA, right? Like that's their big, oh, it's a big ex- purple line extension. I mean, who, who honestly needs to make that commute, right? Who needs to go from one university to the other, except for when it's an Olympic venue, well, right? So are, are you going to be able to go? I think that uh, you have to... To get from UCLA, you would take the Purple Line down to 7th Metro, and then you would take the Expo Line down to SC. Down so to, I think it's not like a direct connect, but it is pretty close. So you're right, though. There's well, no, literally, so it's, literally it's, no reason to go between the two unless it's the Olympics. And coming from the, the west side to downtown is getting pretty easy, um, cutting directly through a bunch of working-class neighborhoods. Um, you know, you notice where the purple line goes and where it doesn't go, where yeah. the Crenshaw line is going and the gentrification that's already started before the, they even put a single train on the tracks for the green line. Um, and then all of the other plans like Huntington Park, they're never going to get a subway. I mean, not until like the, the real estate prices increase out there, but you can definitely see in the map of the city who they're trying to move and why they're trying to move them. It's people who are wealthy that live over here that need to get expensive, need to get ex- to expensive office buildings over here. And yeah. it's not the people who are working in industrial downtown L.A. or the fashion district or where they live in South L.A. It's it's very obvious. And you look at the blue line and the, the neglect that it suffered. Who's not being served by that? And then you cut yeah. bus service by 20 percent. Repeatedly. Uh, so, yeah, go to Garcettiville.com. That is G-A-R-C-E-T-T-I-V-I-L-L-E.com. And you can see the amazing work of folks like Devin Manny and uh, letters from K-Town for All putting together the content on this site. JAG uh, has been instrumental in making sure that this all happens uh, from a web hosting perspective. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, Jane Wynn and everyone else from K-Town for All who has put all of this work together in developing that infrastructure uh, that has enabled these protests to really just launch off uh, with uh, massive media toolkits that have been produced for Twitter storms to go along with it. Like if you cannot participate in person at these protests, Get on that tweet storm. Make sure that we yeah. get this stuff trending. It has trended in Los Angeles every single fucking day since this happened. It was number one in the state of California a couple of times. It's been, you know, I think it was number four, like, over the weekend because there was some other bullshit going on. But anyway, get out, get in on that action and uh, make sure that Garcetti stays here where he is, you know, this is harm reduction for the rest of the country because 
he's terrible. I, yeah. I know that it, you know that 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 might not be something that everybody realizes, but our mayor is a piece of shit, uh, and we well, don't and want him to inflict it upon everybody else. Well, and like like you, Terry, where you're out in Chicago now, Rahm Emanuel also being oh. floated for a cabinet position, but at least like a lot of people across this same country ones. know that Rahm Emanuel is a piece of shit. People don't yeah. have that same understanding of Eric Garcetti, but let's talk Rahm Emanuel for a second before we yeah, yeah. we move on to how Garcettiville is expanding. So tell us a little bit about like Rahm Emanuel's place in Chicago politics and why it would be so scary for like him to move up to the national level. Uh, well, so, I mean, people, if people know him, it's for Laquan McDonald and, uh, and the, the, the blatant cover-up uh, that held that footage back until after Emanuel was reelected. Uh, but he's, he's just a neoliberal hack, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> everything that is, that, that is wrong with privatization, everything that is wrong with the dismantling of city services. Um, I mean, he's the, basically the architect of it, right? I mean, he was Obama's chief of staff, uh, and you know, he's, uh, in his tenure here was, I mean, constantly at war with the teachers unions. Uh, he shut down like 50 public schools, I believe. Uh, yeah. I mean, within a period of like a month or two months, it was just announced like, oh, all these are, they're, they're all closed now. Like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, so for public education, it's just a disaster. Uh, and I think, you know, people are, not only are they, I mean, they're tired of seeing these guys fail upwards, right? I mean, every time you get disgraced out of a position, right? Like the activists, I mean, God bless activists in, in Chicago, were the ones that made it an untenable for him to run for re-election. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes and now he's a commentator. Lori Lightfoot. We got, yeah, we, we, we picked the, the wrong lesbian of color. <laughs> um, you know, we, <laughs> so, uh, right, right, because she's a cop, right? I mean, she's I mean, a cop, her, yeah. Her, her, <laughs> her, signature, her signature program is the, the, the academy on the west side that is gonna, it's, it's displacing uh, people. Uh, that live there, and then the cops are going to go out and displace more people, right? I mean, that's that's the pattern. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and and then what, Emmanuel? What was he on MSNBC now, or is it CNN? I mean, he's got he's a commentator I, on one of. Yeah, he pundits all over the place, and then he's a columnist for the Atlantic, I think. Of course, he is. Yeah. Yeah, one of those shit rags. So, uh, <laughs> and and that's the, and that's the same problem with, with that we have with Garcetti, right? Is that these assholes yeah. get they get a platform, uh, and then are able, to, you know, and people who aren't paying attention, who aren't kind of on the ground, don't realize what, you know, they, they only see the public uh, face of it, right? Um, which is why it's so important to, to deny these people media opportunities, for people to be out in front of their houses, to to draw the media narrative that way. Right to sort of bend the arc toward the resistance to it. Otherwise, otherwise we end up with like Nier Tandon, right? Who's just getting oh, uh, appointed. Christ. And I, not to drag this off into a completely separate direction, but I, for one, feel much better knowing that it's, it's a it's a woman of color who's going to be cutting social security before I have a chance to to get it. Right. Um, so, and that's that's what we end up with, uh, which is why it's so important to sort of call these people out. Yeah. Fuck the Center for American Progress, man. Oh my yeah. God. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, Nira Nira Tandon is uh, gonna do so much damage, um, and her new position as the head of the OMB. But uh, before we get too distracted with that, because we could just shit talk Biden's cabinet all day, <laughs> let's refocus back to L.A., where uh, Eric Garcetti, in combination with uh, Gavin Newsom, Caltrans, and the California Highway Patrol, is doing his best to make sure that we not only have four a day dying on the streets of Los Angeles, but maybe five, six, seven, possibly 10 by the end of this year. We'll see how high it can go, really. Um, but let's talk El Sereno. So yep. back in March, a group of families occupied 13 houses that were owned by Caltrans that were bought literally decades ago. Decades ago for a freeway expansion that never happened. Caltrans has been sitting on these empty houses. The, the project was finally scuttled in 2018. When it became clear that these houses would not be knocked down for a freeway that was never going to be built, rather than selling the houses to like a community land trust or like some sort of sustainable housing developer or even just private useful. families. Yeah. Uh, Cal Caltrans, out of purely bureaucratic spite, decided to just sit on the houses. So 13 houses were uh, occupied by families. They came to a settlement with Caltrans that they would be allowed to stay in the houses for two years and then the, the agreement would be revisited. So last week, 15 more families, or sorry, 17 more families occupied houses in the same neighborhood, also empty houses. Caltrans decided these houses weren't safe for habitation, so uh, they had CHP pull out the fucking SWAT team on Thanksgiving to remove families from houses. So let's uh, look at the, some of the coverage here. This uh, first picture that we're looking at is a picture from Brian Fenzimer. Uh, he's an LA Weekly alum, and a lot of his work appeared in the LAist in their recent article. Uh, he's currently a freelance journalist, does a lot of good work, especially around the protests and actions that have been happening in LA. Uh, so all of the videos you see are going to be his. And let me uh, call out his Twitter handle real quick because uh, well, I also Cerise Castle. We've got we got a clip from Cerise yes. Castle that we're going to start out with uh, for a press conference that they was held with the Reclaimers. Um, but, but yeah, Brian does incredible work. A lot of his work right now is coming out on L.A. Taco, especially in collaboration with yeah. Lexus Olivier Ray, uh, who is uh, at shot on 35 millimeter uh, on Twitter. It's uh, sorry. Brian uh, Feinzimmer. Uh, and he's going to Fenzler, be at yeah, yeah. the at B Fensimer, um, and find him on Twitter doing absolutely amazing work. F E N Z I M E R. Um, no, yeah. F E F E I N. Oh, okay. So you, ah, yeah, the video yeah, titles. I spelled, it, I spelled it wrong. I did. I spelled it wrong <laughs> because I don't know how letters work. That's okay. We'll make sure that when we do these in the future, we can we can put the little credits down at the bottom of the video with like the the, the handle from where we're getting them, uh, which we should do anyway because we we try to give credit as often as possible, um, because we cannot do this alone. It is a uh, media hellscape here in Los Angeles, and we want to lift up everybody that is doing the incredible work on the field. Uh, so without further ado, Cerise Castle's reporting, um, or or videotaping of this press conference that was held. Uh, for the, uh, I forget exactly the, what is it? The reclaiming, it's not reclaiming our homes. It's restoring and reclaiming our communities. I forget exactly what the, the name yes. is this time around, but yes. Uh, so anyway, let's, let's, let's watch what's going on. There has been intimidation and you know, um, our communities have a long history of police brutality, um, and, of police murders at the hands of the police. Um, and, uh, honestly, these families are scared. They're scared for their lives because at any given moment, you know, um, law enforcement can, can barge in and, and their lives are on the line. And so we are again asking Governor Newsom to please intervene to ask 
CHP and all law enforcement to not use any violence and to allow us to shelter in place. I think it's also important to note that Caltrans have promised to give back these houses at an affordable rate for the community and they did not keep that promise. Additionally, they promised to, if they couldn't rent them, to also be make them available for sale for the community and that has not happened either and instead they've hoarded more houses that they can handle and it just again it just doesn't make sense and it's not housing is a human right so if they're not willing to help us then we have to take make that action for the better of our our families and our cut off sadly um but yeah so that plea for restraint from the police um didn't go down Did not yeah was it fell on absolutely deaf ears um just absolutely 100 deaf ears let's uh content warning real quick we are going to be showing some scenes of police violence there is no gore uh but there's a lot of angry cops so if you don't want to see footage of really angry cops uh don't don't watch this right now they have no guns they have no weapons at all what if you went in one of these houses and was just this is um, actually we should show to show just how 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 much that fell on deaf ears. This is CHP forcibly breaking into one of the homes with a battering. It's just. Pounding with the battering ram on the gate in the front. Which apparently, the security uh, doors. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Keeping, keeping yeah. some people with, who are very determined to get in. It's uh, pretty good for keeping them out. Um, notably, they could break the windows, but there are uh, boards up behind the windows. Uh, and once once uh, CHP SWAT was able to make entrance, they uh, immediately dragged a 17-year-old young woman out and hogtied her on the grass in front of the crowd yeah. uh, on Thanksgiving Eve, which is, you know, really the spirit of the season when we're talking about a genocidal holiday. Nothing more yeah. on the nose than, like, agents of the state beating up children. It's just uh, heartbreaking that, yeah. you know, they that people, the, these specific groups, but, but everyone everywhere i mean they know exactly what's coming for them right um and and it never fails it never you say we're we don't have any weapons in here we're these houses nobody nobody's living in them for for decade uh and and yet thanksgiving day middle of a pandemic when people need to be isolated you haul them out of of homes right yep Cram them into Absolutely the back insane. of a paddy wagon where they can share all of that dirty, dirty, polluted air with each other, then send them to yep. a prison where they get to breathe more dirty air when we know that COVID is raging inside of our jail cells. Just every, just putting people in danger unnecessarily. Like, And Caltrans's ex explanation that, well, the houses aren't safe for habitation, it's like, well, I don't know, maybe like make them safe for habitation. Like maybe instead of spending that money on the cops, like hire some plumbers. Jesus, yeah. it would have taken... It, for a fraction of what they spent on the the CHP response, like they could have easily done, you know, they could have hired professional cleaning crews to come in and remove decades of dust and make sure that yeah. 
they have inspections done and they fix all the plumbing issues, any, you know, fire hazard issues relating to uh, seismic retrofits or whatever is necessary for the gas system. There are so like, it would have been a fraction of the budget in terms of the gross expenditures that the state spent paying all those cops to show up and brutalize yeah. those families versus, you know, hiring a couple of local contractors and increasing the number of people who are employed in the state of California yeah. and paying people, which is the kind of thing that we desperately need in this situation. Yeah. Instead I, of doing any of that stuff that would have been proactive, they fucking do this. And I don't have high hopes from bureaucracies, but like someone there at Caltrans must realize that it, it, it was their fuck up letting those houses sit vacant for so many years that left them in a state of disrepair in the first yep. place. So it's not like they're going over above and beyond they're just correcting their own uh, laughs, right? Yeah. Well, and you yeah. know that also, like, this is the, this is what happens when you don't have full civil control over the police. Because the night before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Day, none of the elected officials are in their office. None of the people that are the, the executives of these branches or these bureaucracies are, like, picking up the phone. They're all at home with their families. And it's middle management cops who don't understand what's going on, make poor strategic decisions, and don't really care about what the media is going to show, who are telling their guys, yeah, go out there, kick their asses, get that overtime, bring them back, and, like, mm -hmm. we'll make sure that you get paid well we'll make sure that like if you don't get to spend thanksgiving with your family you're getting double time on that you're getting a huge pension yeah. bonus yeah it's just absolute ridiculousness and this is why civilian control over these resources is so important this is why having people like nithya raman in office who are skeptical of policing and want to see reform if not full abolition really 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 matters like lapd has run this town for way too long they're finally losing that grip on control but like they're not completely done yet, and caged animals—they uh—they really like to fight. Yep. So that's where we're at with this. Um, let's see. You want to show the shotgun I would, I, video? Yeah, just to, Yeah, let's let's play that one, and then I'll kind of wrap it up. Sure. Oh, we should do the retreat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that that was wild, but um, the fortunately that wasn't the only direction that protesters were going uh, because this happened later. I do like that they put pigs in instead of bitch because it's perfect for this application. <laughs> Yeah, and that was that was CHP retreating after a long night of fighting. Uh, yeah. That happened around two in the morning. Um, but the skirmish line and the evictions were happening from about five per, five p.m. in the afternoon or the evening, all the way until about twelve thirty one in the morning. And then CHP withdrew because they're just out of resources. They were yeah. back the next night though with backup, uh, with mutual aid support from the LA Sheriff's Department and from LAPD, uh, and they've successfully evicted all of the families in the newly reclaimed homes. The 13 families that reached a settlement with Caltrans are still in their homes, fortunately. But like I said, it's a temporary thing. And I can't imagine that Caltrans is going to, unless they see significant pressure, keep those homes occupied forever. Uh, the next yep. night, um, things were just as bad, just as violent. Uh, people were arrested, 64 in total. We'll have to see whether or not they're facing charges. Um, I, you got to wonder, the prosecutor that catches that file, like, 
what's it going to look like trying to take a 17-year-old homeless person to trial for trying to live in a home that was empty anyways? Like, how do you sell that to a jury? How do you, like, wake up and look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to go get a 17-year-old young woman convicted for wanting a home? Well, this is an opportunity, uh, a perfect opportunity here. Uh, oh, wait, does that fall under the district attorney? I don't know, because this is... Yeah, El, El Sereno is in uh, is in L.A. County. It's actually part of the city of L.A. And while the city but, does not have direct control over the Caltrans houses, because that is a state agency, yes. Garcetti and his bureaucracy were pretty instrumental in helping there be a settlement the first time around, because it was a really bad media look to have people being kicked out of homes during a pandemic. Let's see if this works again. But yeah, this would be in the in the county of Los Angeles where they were arrested. Um, yeah. I can't imagine that Javier Barcera is going to be the one prosecuting this. He would kick it down the line to the L.A. County DA's office. Um, well, and unless they're conflicted out of it, um, it would then go most likely to uh, the city attorney's office. But I think it would be caught by the DA in this county. Yeah, I think it's going to be George Gascon. So this is an opportunity for yeah. him to like put his money where his mouth is and actually show up for the community in a real way. But I mean, I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, but on on that note, uh, as George Gascon is going to be coming into office here very soon, uh, Jackie Lacey wanted to make sure that we remember her fondly uh, with one last little stint here. So uh, Bushido, going out with a bang. Oh. Oh, it's too easy. Yeah, so some breaking news <laughs> came across the Twitter wire the other night. Yeah, exactly. I got the I got the groaners. Uh, but some breaking news came across the Twitter wire the other night that there was an officer-involved shooting outside of Jackie Lacey's house uh, by her no protective no detail. Yeah, no one died, um, and no one was hit by a bullet either, um, which is good. Uh, the story was kind of muddy Cops for a while. Cops are great shots. <laughs> Well, some some open questions that we've got is one: Why was it uh, an LA District Attorney investigative squad that was yeah. there? Was two LA d- district District Attorney investigators like these are guys who like once somebody's been arrested and charged, like they go out and they can ask more questions, collect more evidence on behalf of the DA. Like that's their job. They're not like the foot patrol like cops that you think of when you think of cops. And a lot of protective details are handled either by the LA Sheriff's Department or by LAPD for <laughs> this kind of stuff. No idea why it was these two guys who were out there, but apparently uh, they were in their they were in uh, two of their cars because apparently each cop needs their own car. One of them got out to like cross the street to talk to the other cop in his car, and somebody drove by, saw this guy get out of a car, decided I'm going to jump in that car and steal it. When he did that, the cop opened fire, even though there was no indication that anything threatening had happened. Nobody pulled a gun, nobody pulled a knife. He literally just hopped in an empty car to try and steal it. Uh, the cops fired at them, missed. The guys drove off. No description of their vehicle. No description of the subjects. Uh, people are nobody got hit, but like, this is just a what the fuck story. Like, what the hell was going on there that night? Well, my question is, uh, where was Jackie Lacey's husband? He comes out hard with his. <laughs> Why do they need an arm detail when Mr. Lazy's yeah. at home with his guns? Exactly. He's fucking yeah. packing. We know. We've seen it. <laughs> and he comes out with no fucking trigger discipline either. None. None. None He's whatsoever. just like full on the trigger. Oh, Jesus Christ. Molina is so goddamn brave. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, it looks like I, I do have to say, I, I actually think that part of um, part of the thing with Mr. Lazy is he had to give up his at least that gun that he pointed at Molina as part of the the investigation and stuff. Um, whether or not he has other guns, we'll have to see. It is an open criminal case. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to be charged, but there is an open criminal case there. Um, 
probably going to go away very quietly once everybody forgets about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jackie Lacey making sure that like we don't forget how absolutely terrible and bad she is. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and before we uh, we'll round out this cop segment, which like there was a lot of cop bullshit this week. Uh, as you may have noticed, my my lower third is the uh, fifth pleader, Chris. Why am I pleading the fifth? Uh, because you're following the example of Deputy Mike Davis, who is a homicide investigator, uh, who was involved with the Andres Guardado shooting. Uh, he has pled the fifth literally for every single question that was asked of him during the depositions, uh, and and we're not deposition, but during the trial that's going on right now, uh, related to the, the investigation of the shooting. So... This is again absolutely fucking wild. The um, uh, there there was testimony that was given today by the coroner uh, for the investigation. Um, one thing I noted because Sarah Suleiman Suleiman has been doing uh, some absolutely incredible uh, reporting on this, and everyone should follow her on Twitter uh, because she is incredibly in touch with everything that's going on in the city of Los Angeles and a great resource. But. Um, she was live tweeting the the uh, the open hearings here um, for what was going on, and the 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 coroner's office for the investigation they they were not willing to go so far as to say that the shooting happened when Andres was on the ground prone, um, but they did say that the first shot appears to have been fired when he was likely kneeling, and then the remaining uh, I believe it was three or four shots that entered his back were fired from a position such that he was at the very least leaning forward when he was shot, if not fully prone on the ground. So uh, this was absolutely full-blown, like, execution style uh, by the L.A. Sheriff's Department. There was uh, testimony, contradicting testimony that was given today uh, between the deputies who were saying that, uh, that he had reached for his waistband versus reached for a gun that was on the ground. Uh, they can't figure out what the fuck their story is. Also, one of the deputies involved has fled the country, uh, allegedly. He's uh, actually he's just out of the country, um, but it seems like he's fled the country based on the fact. Well, that, which uh, which also like, how the fuck do you do that during a pandemic when Americans aren't allowed to travel to most countries? Excellent question. I don't know. And also, how... why would the L.A. Sheriff's Department just lose one of their deputies who's facing these kind of charges? Like that doesn't just happen by accident. Yeah, so this 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 uh, case is being continued until that deputy is back within the country and able to. Well, stand hold on. Trial. I, I want to want to really correct you real quick. So yeah. this is not this is not a court case. This is an Sorry. inquest, and so an inquest is different. And it's just an investigation. There are no criminal charges. But as an correct. inquest, the people who are investigating it have the power to compel testimony and issue subpoenas and possibly warrants to make people uh, um, uh, testify and appear for testimony. So. I don't know if you can extradite someone from another country to appear as a witness here, but you can definitely send them a subpoena compelling them to show up and give testimony. And what's so weird here is these detectives that are pleading the fifth, there's no criminal charges against them. What are they pleading the fifth over? What do they know that they don't want to know or that they think could implicate them in a crime? Now, the department says that they were not advised to do so by the department, that this is coming from their own personal counsel. You know... Most lawyers aren't going to tell you to go out there and plead the fifth unless, like, it would really get you in trouble. It does not look good to do that. And I I think that these are just stonewalling tactics. And also stonewalling tactics by 
a very unfortunately named detective, Mike Davis, is the same name as the absolutely amazing Marxist author who wrote the city of courts as well as like several other books and articles been a lecturer around like LA there's also a detective in LASD called detective marks and like you don't get to have those names and be like some fucking capitalist detective guys you you have to either be communist or get a new name those are the rules we don't make them I, we just enforce and they them. are not communists no <laughs> <laughs> um by the way just want to clarify that it is deputy miguel vega who was the one who shot and uh, killed Andres Guardado, who is the one who has uh, left the country, whether it was fleeing or otherwise, is uh, as yet to be determined. So uh, basically, this inquest will be continued uh, until such time as his ass is back and able to provide yeah. uh, testimony. And it'll be interesting. Uh, one of, yeah. Go ahead. One, one other person who's missing from the inquest is the uh, the manager of the auto repair shop with the uh, video camera equipment. Uh, he was interviewed by Mimo Torres, which kind of blew the case wide open about how badly LAPD was lying. Uh, yep. But he has also apparently disappeared. And what that means at this point like, could mean a number of things. He could maybe just not be interested in participating, be fearful for his life. He could have maybe been killed by LASD. These are like gangs of murderers, and that's how they earn their tattoos. We don't really know. Um, and that's kind of the scarier part here is the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department is the largest law enforcement agency in the nation, and they don't care about following the rule of law. Nope. That's Not scary as fuck when you look at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So uh, Let's, I was going to uh, say that we don't know. We don't know if Miguel Vega is going to end up pleading the fifth in all of this. It seems likely that he will, but regardless, the inquest is on hold until he comes back. So. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to a bridge home program that was the uh, one of Eric Garcetti's like signature achievements, I guess we'll call it, uh, during his tenure as mayor when homelessness has increased by 150 percent in the city of L.A. So, Terry, I'm going to turn it over to you to just absolutely eviscerate this article by uh, it's uh, shit. Uh, Doug, uh, Doug, Doug Smith, Smith? and Benareskis. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I just had a brain fart and I, I could not find my mouse. To be fair, no. I think the, the worst parts of it are coming from Doug Smith, not so much from Benareski's, but that's okay. Go ahead. Terry, take us away. Yes. Uh, thank you, Bushido. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I, I promise you all, I read more than the LA Times. Lord help me if I didn't. But, but as we're getting this media segment going up and running, and these are kind of good practice targets. So uh, just uh, not only is the bridge home program and its failures worth talking about in its own right. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Times media and just media framing. And it starts right here with the title, Garcetti's signature homeless program shelters thousands, but most return to the streets. So Garcetti is doing his job as far as this title is concerned, right? Like, oh, he's sheltering thousands. It sounds wonderful. But then these anonymous many are the assholes who are returning to the streets they're, of like their own just, volition. They're just choosing to do that. Just they just choosing, love yeah. They just love the streets so much. They right. can't be housed. They're can't. wild and free. Exactly. And, and and it goes on in the article to kind of say that same thing. But, you know, you, they, could have, they could have framed this differently, right? I mean, you could say, like, Darcetti is a massive goddamn failure. And the time, like, they wouldn't even have to, like, swing full dirtbag left to, to say that, right? You could say <laughs> Garcetti's, Gar Garcetti's signature homeless program fails to deliver on promises, right? Yeah. Um, and and that would just set the, the tone of this uh properly um, Accurately. all right so yeah so let's let's take a look at uh some of the quotes from the article chris all right so uh garcetti largely made good this is the second paragraph largely made good on that goal right 
Uh, has he? Right. Define so they, the were supposed to, they were supposed to build one of these bridge home shelters in every single council district. Yeah. At least one. They have not done that, is my understanding. Correct. Uh, so far, 20 are up and running. Five more are nearing completion. Oh, great. Right. Um, they'll have added 2,000 new shelter beds uh, by early next year. Well, uh, 2,000 huh. beds uh, with a homeless Holy population, shit. unhoused population of, is it 60,000 right now? I, believe. I mean, at a, city is 38 or 40,000. Yeah, oh, I mean, counties. and that's right. that's the that's the undercount that we take as the official numbers from the point yeah. in time count. Yeah, so uh, not not great, right? Not not great. Um, all right, so let's kind of move along. All right, so uh, residents are complaining, right? These these have faced massive pushback from the city council members, from the neighborhood councils, from residents. Um, all right, so mayor understands residents have legitimate concerns about crime and unhealthful conditions. Where are they getting these concerns, right? Because I'm willing to bet, I mean, Venice is its own thing, sure. Yeah. But I'm willing to bet the vast majority of people wouldn't know where the shelter is in their district, right? Like you just, it's not a thing that you know. And so where are they getting their information? Where are they getting their perception ooh, of what ooh. a shelter is? Chris. I know where the one in my district is. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> But I'm also like chronically plugged into like right. local. Places. But also, exactly. but also like you, you live in downtown. Yeah. And the one shelter in your district, which is the epicenter of this pandemic, like what? outside of Skid Row, like, too. By the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, everybody else's their perception is shaped by the by the LA Times. Yeah. Right. The LA Times that is telling them, oh look, these are unhealthful conditions. These are you know crime is increasing. Um, now, here's what, uh, what I want to get to, right? So, understands the legitimate concerns about crime and unhealthful conditions. Those have been exacerbated by the decision to pull back the dedicated police patrols he, he initially promised. So, he's promising increased patrols, right? Now, yeah. here's where, the, here's where the this article is interesting. is because the, the reporting is just good enough that you can read the article against itself. Mm-hmm. Because, say, oh... Oh, no, they, do, they didn't get the extra police patrols. Well, what's that last sentence, right? The Moore advised him that the officers patrolling the sites were not being used efficiently because there was little for them to do, right? Ah. And so the, maybe there isn't increased crime, right? I mean, and the, and the violent crime that is going on is directed against the unhoused, right? I mean, it's people getting, getting shot at, people getting beat up, people having burning newspapers fire, thrown yeah. in their tents. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so I mean, the cops, even the cops are saying that, well, we don't have anything to do. We're not going to go over there, right? <clears throat> so, and it, it also elides the fact that, like, the security costs for having LAPD do these expanded patrols around a bridge home, uh, the bridge home shelters, is the exact same cost as what we're paying to run that shelter. Yeah, the LAPD security costs double the cost of that shelter. And so you could double the shelter and maybe actually house the enough people all right uh so we've got to be enough but yeah yeah. before yeah yeah but before we before we move on i also want to point out none of these shelters holds enough beds to house everyone within a neighborhood like the the shelter in koreatown has 60 beds there are 400 people living on the street out there by estimates where did the extra 340 people go well that's not really the shelter's concern that's why lapd's there to just yeah. make them go away. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where the um the you know the 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 SECZ the sex uh you know things the implementation of these special enforcement and cleanup zones that 
create they create these maps that are absolutely fucking wild when you look at it. And what it basically does is it creates a displacement zone where literally everyone who is currently uh, in an encampment in any of the the the, the quote unquote vicinity of these shelters. And I mean the one in Cape Town, the, like the the special enforcement zone is just wild. It goes for blocks and blocks and blocks away from the shelter. And the shelter is in the far corner of the enforcement zone. The point is that those that enforcement zone encompasses everybody that is currently unhoused in the area without actually providing them with anywhere to go. And this, it's just the punishment and the cruelty does seem to be the point despite protestations yeah. to the contrary. <sighs> yeah, and, and if, if there's a, if, if you can't get close to the service that's being provided, yeah. right? Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, the, uh, the Venice enforcement zone pretty much covered all of Venice. So, yep. great. That's helpful. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's move on to the next paragraph. Yeah, so they, 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 they find this, this person. They, so this, this woman says, oh, well, they told us we'd have cleaner neighborhoods. Okay, great. And then exactly the opposite has happened. So the encampments have grown. Crime is up. Residents, she has a bat so that she can, like, beat people that aren't, like, doing uh. anything. You know, and do they, again, do they ever mention what type of crime is up? No, uh, they do not. throughout the entire article, uh, they they do profile two unhoused people. One, they uh, make a point of him smoking methamphetamine, and then the other, they make a point of he says, "I'm a night owl. I can't," you know, and they they have rules. You have to be inside at night and stuff. And so, you know, he's the wild and free, can't be contained guy, right? So it's it's their fault for being addicts. It's their fault for for not being able to follow simple rules like when you can and cannot go in and in and out of the place that you're sleeping. Right. Um, yeah. So she says, okay, so crime's up and it's dirty. Uh, next quote is, uh, pretty much the continuation of this, uh, same thing, but they're, they're, they're pitching it as if like, oh, well you build a shelter and now it magically unhoused people are like produced in the area, right? Like as if they weren't there before, you know, okay. I'm sorry. You see a tent outside of a, of a shelter. If there's an encampment outside of a shelter, it means one of two things. Either the, the shelter's not fucking big enough, or it is so shitty that people would prefer to be on the street. And how shitty does a, does a shelter have to be for that to happen? Um, can we jump, I think, two slides? Uh, uh, next one? Oh, uh, one more, and then we'll come back to this one. Okay. About half the shelters are in commercial-style tents that are partitioned inside for individual sleeping pods. They could quickly be dismantled. So this program, has, has the, the budget has exploded to $187 million. So for almost $200 million, we're getting party tent rentals, right? I mean, that's what this is. And so imagine, like, what is really going on that, that you just, what, you just have a huge tent? I mean, what the, with a sleeping pod? I mean, that's not... Uh, they're, they're, they're basically like cubicle dividers too. It's not like, yeah. and it doesn't provide the kind of actual protection and like isolation that's necessary for these kinds of like, we're in a fucking pandemic yeah. with a disease that is communicated from one individual to another through sharing common, you know, breathing air supplies. And when you bring a whole bunch of people in off the street and you don't give them proper, you know, uh, isolated, you know, sleeping compartments because, these things have open, like, if mm -hmm. you look at the pictures, especially uh, like the, the, the um, uh, what do they call It's not called El Pueblo anymore. Um, El Puente, I guess is what they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, the El bridge Puente. shelter, the bridge shelter in downtown, it, it, it 
it's literally just a big fucking tent with a bunch of cubicles. No, it's well, it's it's mobile homes essentially. It's like double, triple wide, like semi semi rigid structure. Yeah. But the um, the, the, but the one here, it's it's a tent. It's a large tent with cubicles set up inside yeah. with cots in the cubicles, which means that and it's I, an I, open roof on each one of them. There is no like you can't isolate between them. Well, and I also I know a guy who ended up in there. He was one of the campers at Occupy Ice LA. Yeah. He was supposed to be in there for ninety days. He was in there for nine months. Nine Jesus. months. Jesus. He also wasn't allowed to be there with his fiance while she was pregnant. Eventually, she gave birth. And they were able to get into permanent housing, but it was supposed to be, you know, bridge uh, the bridge home yeah. shelters were supposed to be ninety day short stay in and out, moving yeah. you to permanent supportive housing. Well, people are spending months and months there, and a lot of people just walk off after yeah. five months of living in a cubicle. You don't want to stay there. Of course, you're going to move back out yeah. to the street where you don't. You get to decide if you want to be home after ten p.m. Where you decide if you want to have food next to your bed. Where you get to keep your dog. Where like all of the basic luxuries of being a human are afforded to you on the street. They're denied to you in the shelter. Yeah. Jesus, that's well, that's so a perfect funny. transition. If we can jump to the to the last slide, the one before this. All right. So, yeah, you're supposed to be there for a couple of weeks, and then you move to permanent supportive housing. Fewer than half the placements in permanent housing, so people that were placed in permanent housing after the bridge, fewer than half included supportive services, such as case management, housing assistance, right? Most were in subsidized rental or, or with family or friends, wow. right? And wow. so, so you get moved into permanent housing, as permanent as can be, you can in, in Gosh, LA's rental market, Jesus you know, but, Christ. but then, but then there's, well, there's no case management. There's no, no other support. I mean, that, what the, what the, what the fuck, yeah. you know, yeah. how are you, how are you supposed to come off the street and then build a life, especially, I mean, this is even thinking before the pandemic, but especially now, I mean, there are, there are no jobs. Right. And so yeah. how are you supposed to navigate having, oh, now finally I have a permanent mailing address, but, but what, no money, no, no job prospects. I mean, you're not going to keep that place. Yeah. Um, well, and, and we know that like having gaps in your resume, like having a period of, of like years or sometimes even just a couple of months missing from your resume is a real no go for a lot of employers yeah. where they're like, oh, well, this person hasn't been steadily employed their entire life. Right. So I can't possibly hire them to be like, a greeter at Best Buy, like we're not talking about high level jobs that need like white collar advanced degrees. We're just talking about basic service industry stuff and the industry that's taken the biggest hit during the pandemic. Manufacturing has fled LA, you know, starting in the seventies and has not mm -hmm. been rebuilt. City does not hire nearly enough people. It, it's just it absolutely like, it's a system designed to fail is what it feels yeah. like to me. And it feels like these articles don't interrogate that enough, that it it's always comes down to this Puritan to idea. Yeah, it's literally it always, it a bridge to nowhere. That's the problem here. Yeah, it always comes down to that. Oh well, self responsibility. They, people just, yeah, people just walk off. People just don't take responsibility for exactly for, uh, oh, and it's Christ. it's just disgusting. Yeah. Well, so uh, as we wrap this up, Terry, what what kind of tips would you give us and our readers when we're reading stuff like this, especially coming from an outlet like the L.A. Times? Like, what questions should we be interrogating this article with? Well, like I said, it's good enough that you can read it against itself. And so as you're going through, like, don't don't just skim past to say, oh, they're, they're commercial style tents. OK, like actually imagine that. Right. Um, the, the guy who says, oh, I'm a night owl. I don't want to be inside. Well, like stop and think like, well, would you want to be told to be in by 8 p.m.? Right. 
Um, and just kind of like, just try to pick out the details and, and think, what would that be like? Uh, and, and kind of let, or, or is this worth $187 million to, to get a, a fucking commercial tent? Right. Yeah. Um, and so that will kind of, I think, give you a, a direction to go in, in sort of in deciding is the LA times being straight with me? What's their position? What's their, what, what are they, what are they trying to sell me on? Yeah. Now I think those are really good tips and it's, it's, incredibly maddening to be out there on the street, to talk with people who are unhoused, to know that like people don't want to be living in a fucking tent. Yep. It's, it's dangerous. It's not fun. Yep. It's dirty. They don't have what they need in order to be safe. And we could give that to them. Like Jeff Bezos bought a house with its own fucking gas station. That guy's got enough money to end homelessness in the city of Los Angeles and the entire yeah. fucking nation and still have billions to his name. Yeah. Like there's, not, there's even, a, a... not even a problem. Well, there's a great Twitter feed that uh, it's like uh, has has Jeff Bezos ended world hunger, and, and every day, <laughs> and every every day it tweets, no, Jeff Bezos yeah. did not end world hunger today. Right? Just he decided not to. He's decided wild and to. free, Terry. You can't yeah. tie him down. Yeah, he would still have over a hundred billion. He had to invest in blue fucking origin because there's no way that he's going to spend that money on actually helping people. He has to spend it on making sure that his punk ass can leave and yeah. go settle on fucking Mars with Elon so they can live their libertarian wet dream, colonizing a new planet and stealing all the resources for themselves because they're fucking sociopaths. God, there's no way I'm getting employed in that industry ever again. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, like Elon, hire us to design the space weapons to shoot down the Blue Origin <laughs> spacecraft. Yeah. But don't don't tell Elon we're actually going to use the money to end homelessness. <laughs> we'll just we'll say it'll take like 30 years and we'll just like use that money to like help people. And in 30 yeah. years, he's like, where's my space lasers? We'll just be like, look over there, Elon, and we'll run off real fast. <laughs> I support this. But let's uh, let's turn real quick to another piece of absolute claptrap that was published uh, uh, today in the Los Feliz ledger. Um, do you have the, yeah, there we go. Ground Game LA, now City Hall Insiders. Congratulations, Chris, we're City Hall Insiders. You want me to we try to read this sentence? We can just be inside City Hall. Uh, <laughs> they urge Garcetti protests. So I want to set the stage for this. So Ground okay. Game, we do a monthly newsletter, right? We like let people know like what we're up to, things that they can do, ways they can get involved, cool knock articles we publish, you know, all the shit the community groups do. One thing that, that I really want to make clear, no one on Nithya Raman's staff is involved with this at all. Jessica Salins, Megan Choi, her new chiefs of staff, they have never been involved with writing this newsletter. They do not edit it. They do not write it. They do not approve it. I do that shit with a couple other people. <laughs> but I edited this newsletter and I wrote some of it and I approved it to be sent out and I stand behind every single fucking word that we wrote. Absolutely. This article focuses on 20% of this newsletter that talks about protesting Garcetti with a large coalition, as Chris covered earlier, not like just a ground game thing. But with the direct implication that somehow Nithya Raman's staff is A, involved in this process, and B, accountable for answering for what Allison Cohn thinks is beyond the pale for a city council member to question our elected mayor, Eric Garcetti. Because, you know, city council is only there to, like, make Eric feel like a good boy. And that is not their job. Their job is to make Sven feel like a good boy yes. and to make Eric Garcetti realize he is a massive fucking failure. But among the crimes of this very, very terrible article— the one that struck me first and foremost, because it's the first sentence, is this crime against English. So let's let's read this, Chris. I, and this is this is oh no, go ahead, Terry. I just want to jump in because I'm because I'm looking at it in the in the titles right there, and so I just yep. want to write real quick. Ground Game LA as a group 
is singular. And so it would it would not be insiders. Please go ahead. It would also be urges instead of urge, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> subject verb agreement, people. What the fuck? And look, look, Terry here, he he's done some some professor in his life. He knows how the English <laughs> language works. It's a writing yeah. professor. Well, they, I mean, when, when you have so many like subordinate clauses, it gets really difficult to keep track of the subjects and the verbs. So, so right. you sort of like, all right, please. Yeah. Take, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, here, here we go. Wish me luck on this. Cause this is literally everything that's on screen right now is one fucking sentence. Also the opening paragraph, it's 64 words and apparently has a reading uh, difficulty score of negative 10. Uh, sorry, a reading ease score of negative 10. We looked at the, uh, you know, there, there are a bunch of free grammar checking tools out there and it made some fun little banter before we started recording. So <clears throat> ground game LA of which it's 2017 founder, Jessica Salins and founding member, Megan Choi, lots of commas are now in leadership positions of the recently elected Nithya Raman's Los Angeles city council district Four administration urged in an email tonight for Los Angelinos to protest at Los Angeles mayor, Eric Garcetti's Windsor square home tomorrow to discourage president elect Joe Biden from offering Garcetti a cabinet position. Holy shit. Also who says Los Angelinos? It's Angelinos. Also who hyphenates email in the year of 2020? Are we all going to get on the information superhighway? I mean, credit where credit, I mean, it, it's factually accurate. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like, I mean, it, well, it, right, okay, yeah, yes, it is, it, is, it is factually accurate that Ground Game did urge uh, the recipients of our newsletter to come out and support these protests. Um, I just, I love the fact that they have a subordinate clause in M dashes with a subordinate clause within it separated by commas. It's just like, I mean, Tip of it's the a hat. Russian nesting doll of, of words. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of the article does not do itself any other favors. Like the clear implication here is that uh, staff members of Nithya Raman's office are engaged in untowards and possibly unethical and borderline illegal behavior by illegally coordinating with a community organization, which is absolutely and utterly fucking bullshit. We track our spending. We're very above board with when we do independent expenditures and how we support our campaigns and campaigns that we support. We report all of that to the city. You can go to lacityethics.org. Check that out. There are reports that we have to fire, file quarterly, weekly, every 24 hours when we spend a single dollar on this stuff. And like Megan and Jessica have done amazing work with Ground Game LA. They have not been involved with the organization for a long while. Why? Because they've been running Nithya's successful winning campaign against Los Feliz-supported candidate David Rue. Like, this is axe-grinding at a absolutely unimaginable level, and one that runs right up against the line of what you can and cannot say without getting sued. You know, I, I did email, or I, I left a comment on uh, the article for Allison. She did email me back. I have not had a chance to get back to her. I will probably do that tomorrow morning. Uh, I have just had back-to-back-to-back-to-back Zoom calls. I thought I was going to have a, a free day to be able to, like, needle a, a media miscreant in this city. And I haven't had a chance to do that. I wake up at, like, 5 a.m. to edit entertainment videos, so I'm sure tomorrow morning I'll fire something off to Allison if you're watching. Also, subscribe to our Twitch, and you can subscribe to our YouTube. You can always uh, give us some money, too. Um, to keep the fight going. But yeah, 
this is we've something been on I really at least like three or four on. hours of, of Zoom calls, just the two of us yeah. <laughs> at this point. No, together. and I, I, this is, but this is the kind of implication and inference without evidence that I want to push back yeah. on. Like, this yeah. is some absolute and utter bullshit. It is oh, completely yeah. out of line. Sending a, a request for comment to Nithya Raman's office was absolutely useless. What could they tell you? I don't know. We didn't write it. Go ask Ground Game. You did not reach out to us for comment, which you should have done. Us publishing a newsletter that you're going to write a, a whole article about and then saying, well, I don't have to ask you for comment because you published the newsletter is not how fucking journalism works. If you're going to make implications about elected, elected representatives in this city and their staff members being involved with this kind of shit, you do need to reach out to us because we will tell you that that is literally 100% bullshit and not true and something that you should not be reporting because it didn't happen. This is journalistic malfeasance. This is a real fucking problem in this city. There's a reason the LA Times and the Los Feliz Ledger get dragged by us a lot. It's because we don't put up with this fucking bullshit. We have a really strong ideological stance at Knock, and we are more than happy to tell you about it. Why? Because we know that we're fucking right. Nobody's dying on the streets of Los Angeles because of this fucking podcast. All right, let's move on. Whew. Uh, yeah. I got, so... I got heated. I'm so yeah. mad about this. <laughs> Well, it's, 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 it's understandably so. It's suggesting that that Nithian's co-chiefs of staff have like gone rogue or something, and which is or that it's, or that they wrote the fucking newsletter or that, that they, they wrote didn't the write. newsletter. Just absolute bullshit. Anyway, absolute fucking bullshit. So, anyways, 100%. yeah. Um, so too much stuff happened this week. Chris, tell us Correct. about some stuff that we aren't going to cover until this weekend. <laughs> so what's 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 shocking here is that this is a thing that I thought was covered or that I thought had already happened, but apparently it didn't happen. Um, but the deputy mayor uh, has uh, former deputy mayor has officially been charged now. This is Ray Chan. Uh, like, let me actually see if I can pull. Can I pull up that screenshot? Do I have it? I don't know if I do. I do not have I it mean, handy. It is, Damn it. You know, it is it is generally frowned upon when your mayor is like a hair's breadth away from a racketeering scandal and looking at a cabinet position. Um, and, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't funny. know, maybe with all the rampant criminality in Eric Garcetti's city hall, like, I don't know, Chris, maybe should people go out there and protest him? Is that uh, is that I an appropriate so. response so. to this? Um, if if well, I were a politician, I'd want to distance myself from them. I mean, that's. <laughs> One would think, um, but yes, we should go out and protest him, and you can do that very easily. But I'm gonna before I tell you exactly how to do that, um, I, I found the tweet that I was trying to pull up on screen and, and do not have because uh, I screwed up. Uh, uh, so this is coming Fire from David. Chris. I know David Zanheiser, which by the way, I love the fact that everybody from the LA Times just has the fucking eagle in their Twitter uh, username. Um, <laughs> Good, good job, guys. Display name. Sorry. Uh, incoming. The feds have just announced the filing of corruption charges against former L.A. Deputy Mayor Raymond Chan, who handled economic development for Mayor Garcetti in 2016 and 2017. Ray Chan was deputy mayor uh, during that time. Prior to that, he ran the city's Department of Building and Safety, which reviews building plans and inspections. Uh, inspections. Con okay. David. David. Proofread your fucking tweets. You repeated the first sentence in of the last tweet in the... Uh, or the last sentence of the first tweet in the first sentence of the last tweet or the next tweet. And you're, you're like, you're, you're not, it's, it's hard to read. Um, but yeah, this was um, charged with Rico conspiracy, bribery, honest services, fraud, and lying to federal agents. So not going to be a good time for Mr. Raymond Chan. Uh, not going to be a good time for Garcetti when this eventually comes up to uh, brush up on his ankles, I'm sure. Uh, but uh there are these ongoing protests are happening every fucking day. Uh, 9 a.m. 
The meetup point, uh, the, the protest starts at 6th and Irving. Uh, if you're looking to get involved and you want to meet up with the, the crowd of folks before that, go ahead and give us, uh, you know, hit us up on the socials and uh, we'll make sure that we can connect you with people to make sure that you stay safe because the cops are being massive dicks out there at these protests and are trying in every possible way to make this as difficult as possible for Angelinos, not Los Angelinos, and, uh, and, to exercise And the, the organizers are trying to make sure that nobody gets arrested. Correct. We want everybody to go home. These are not escalated actions. These are not planned civil disobedience. This is show up, make some noise, go home. Yep. Exactly. So uh, that happens again every day, uh, 9 a.m. in front of the mayor's house. Uh, if you just go ahead and search for Getty House on Google Maps, it will take you right yeah. to it. It's the Getty House Foundation, Sixth uh, and Irving. Um, we do have a fundraiser coming up here for Ground Game next week. Uh, that is going to be on Thursday the 10th. Uh, Bushido and I are helping out behind the scenes on that one. We're going to make sure that it rules. Uh, and yep. it's going to be a ton of fun. So go ahead and mark your calendars for Thursday the 10th. It's going to be a great time. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're probably going to be over on Twitch. Most likely going to be on Twitch. We'll go ahead and say we're going to be on Twitch. Uh, but yeah. you'll be able to get more information about that. Uh, check the uh, the socials. The, the flyers will be coming out. All the information that you need to do uh, to sign up to, to get your tickets for that. Uh, come out. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, tickets, we, we, tickets are free, but if you do want to give us some money and buy a ticket, correct. we got that option for you too. Tell your friends, have them show up. More the merrier. We really, really want to like, you know, A, raise some money, but B, like just celebrate everything yeah. we did. So even if you can't Absolutely. donate money, like this was a big year. It sucked, but we got some big wins and, and we couldn't have done that without y'all. We're at, City Hall seven, insiders right? now. Yes. Yes, Terry has a good point. It starts at 7. We're going to try and wrap Correct. it by 8, probably 8.30, just the way that you know stuff goes. But we're going to have some really cool people there, uh, some surprise celebrity guests. And uh, I hear a certain uh, councilwoman-elect might be showing up. Yay. Uh, yeah, hey, so Mary, how's it going? Can't wait to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I resign if that's the case. Um, just saying, y'all are going to have to find somebody else to do this other thing that happens, uh, which is I will once again be doing live tweets of city council meetings tomorrow and Wednesday because that's just what I do during the, the COVID pandemic because can't do anything else. Uh, yeah, so uh, join me here on uh, twitch.tv slash groundgamela. Uh, follow along, twitter.com slash knock underscore la. Uh, or knock, sorry, knock.la, not the, the underscores for the Patreon. God damn it. I can't keep these things straight. It's yeah, been a long spell, fucking day, man. Yeah, knock, knock dot la. Knock Cor dot. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Plus, thank, after thank reading you. that Los Angeles <laughs> article, like, who even knows what dashes are used for? Like, <laughs> it's, I, my, my brain is a flutter in M dashes and hyphens. It's, it's all too much. Absolutely. They're, they're, uh, they're flattening the curve. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry, for being a part of this. You've made it so much more fun. Uh, <laughs> dying over here. Uh, so, yeah, the, I'll be doing the live tweets for City Council tomorrow and on Wednesday. Uh, we're not going to be doing a knock at night this week. Uh, we will be coming back next week uh, on the 9th. Uh, that is going to be from 8 p.m. till 9, 9.30, you know, the same kind of thing we normally do. Uh, Chavez Ravine LA is in the chat, uh, saying God's work loves the live tweets. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to provide that service. Uh, feel free to hop into the chat and, uh, participate during the, uh, the commentary. Cause it, it's always nice to have more people in the Twitch chat talking about how absolutely fucking absurd everything is. Cause it's a comedy of errors folks, but it's just, you know, municipal governance here in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, we also, again, 
going to re-highlight for y'all, Mutual Aid LA needs donations. We know that Lockdown 2 is coming. This shit is completely out of control. Nobody in the city or the county seems to actually be taking it as serious as it needs to be done. And when they do so, they get fucking protested for it by 10 people from, you know, 10 Trump supporters show up in front of Barbara Ferrer's house. And the LA Times runs that story and they don't talk about the Garcetti protests that have been going for a fucking week with hundreds of people there over the weekend. Hundreds. But when yep. 15 people fucking show up at Barbara Ferrer's house, that is right on to the L.A. Times. Cannot miss out on that opportunity to show a bunch of fucking idiots out there who believe that wearing a mask is going to make you die of, like, oxygen deprivation because they're full of shit. Anyway, uh, I, I, that's all I got for plugs. Any Anything else coming up that y'all want to point out, Terry, Bushido? No, I think that covers it for me. All right. Um, yeah, let's uh, take us out, Chris. As always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in publicizing or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page or over on the social medias at you know twitter.com slash groundgamela, instagram.com slash groundgamela. We're really original with that whole username thing. Uh, this podcast and every Ground Game podcast is a production of Knock.LA. You can support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Of course, you can check the description of this podcast for sources, links to actions, and all of the social media links discussed. Thank you very much for tuning in. Terry Bushido, thank you for being a part of this. Could not do this without y'all. Uh, Bushido, any any parting words, or are we just going to roll on out this week? No, just uh, stay safe, stay home, and uh, yeah, love y'all very much. Uh, this is going to be, uh, I'm excited for 2021. I can't believe 2020 is almost over. Good riddance, uh, and good luck. <laughs> What a fucking year, Terry. Stay the fuck at home. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, you just tell about the book, The Plague, once again, because yeah. we live in the plague. Anyway, thank you very much, y'all. I mean, a Cam- great Camus week. can do do, but Sartre is Smartra. <laughs> and on that, thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye.